0: Hello, you're listening to the Up Spiral Leadership Podcast with your hosts, Poey Chu, Rebecca Breitling, and Sue Covelli-Buntley. This podcast is dedicated to helping leaders at all levels to think bigger, act bolder, and collaborate better in order to create positive change, even when it's hard. Join us as we explore journeys toward a world where everyone is running to co-create a better future because they feel valued, inspired, and connected.
1: Well, hello out there to all of our amazing listeners. We are honored to have you with us today. You are in for something special in this moment because we are beyond excited to introduce one of our own, someone we love, Judy Simarco. Judy has been with Upspire Leadership for several years and before that served within multiple industries and positions as a highly talented and sought after human resources leader and the light she shines on this globe has gone even far beyond our world of work which you will soon get to experience. She exemplifies an upspiral leadership mindset. She is our hero and we can't wait to get started. So Judy, you have an amazing story and stories really change the world. So could you share a little a, a little bit with us about your story? in relation to the value of the up-spiral and whether you would love to reflect going back or the present or the future. What are some tidbits that you could give us that speak to the specific value of the up-spiral?
2: Sure, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit, I will reflect back on my, my career. I found from the very beginning, so when I first came out of college, Um, I worked in the casino industry, believe it or not, and actually opened up the Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. (laughs) And I always tell people that there was something even back then that, (laughs) and it, it sometimes would get me into trouble, is that even back then, if there was something sort of that wasn't sort of working right for all of us in the office, all of us lowly HR reps or whatever, you know. I was sort of the one that would set up the appointment to go see the HR director, (laughs) to sort of talk to her about it. (laughs) And what I was thinking, I do not know, but I think there's always been something in me that sort of, I always thought that, that I had, I could make a change, that I had some influence. I don't know where that came from. I don't know if it came from my upbringing I don't know. I I will tell you that my father was a spirited debater about almost anything you can imagine. And so I do think I was sort of raised with sort of always having a point of view, which then sort of translated into, you know, I felt like I, I had the ability to always to make a change. And I think that as as my career grew and as I became more successful, I sort of realized that in my job on the HR side, I felt like that it was partly my responsibility to represent all sides of an argument and in particular represent those who felt like they didn't have a seat at the table. My experience was that whether I liked it or not, unfortunately, some of the senior executives I worked with would often sort of make a decision based upon sort of the last person that had their ear. And I felt like not only was it important to make decisions based on data, good data, actionable data, but it was also important to represent, you know, whether it be the company or the other senior leaders in the organization or the employees in a situation where I felt like sometimes not all points of view were being represented. So I did feel like I did that really, really well. I will tell you that sometimes it put me in the crosshairs of a number of individuals, but I felt like that was my job. I also feel like a number of those senior executives whose crosshairs I ended up in respected me for either raising a point that somebody else wouldn't have raised, either because they were afraid of it Or they sort of respected me because they felt like in the end, I would be the one that would always tell them the truth. So I always felt like I had the ability to influence and the ability to make change. You know, I think the thing that was always most difficult for me was, you know, I won some arguments and I lost some arguments. And I think the one thing I did learn over the years, particularly as it related to my mindset, was that not to take the loss of an argument quite so personally as I did sometimes. Sometimes I would walk away from those situations, having put so much personal energy into, I didn't think I was trying to win the argument. I just felt like I really strongly felt that that the direction to go was in a different direction. And I lost a fair amount of them. And one of the things I needed to learn was not to take some of those things quite so personally. I would tell you in terms of mindset, my personal circumstances have really taught me that mindset is absolutely critical. I may get a little emotional. All of you know that five and a half years ago, I went for a test, a physical, found out uh, that they thought something might be wrong. And I was actually having what I thought were some stomach issues at the time and had had basically every test done in the book and had been sort of deemed healthy and then ended up being diagnosed with stage 3c ovarian cancer. So, you know, when you go into a situation like that, you'll learn a ton. I learned, I, I did more reading than I should have. The statistics looked awful, but you know, at the time I had a 13 year old daughter, I was a successful executive at Chubb. You know, I had so much to sort of live for. But what I will tell you, it taught me, and I think the mindset part was the most important piece of it, and I have often quoted this to others who are going through a, a bad time because I, I try to serve as a support system to other people who are in the same situation as me, is that I once read somewhere that individuals who uh, have a good mindset, going into their treatment and along with their treatment, who can sort of keep the up spiral going, live on average 24 months longer than people who don't. And I will tell you that I had just finished chemo the first time when my daughter graduated from as valedictorian of her eighth grade class. And then I sat in those bleachers and I prayed that I would see her graduate from high school. And I watched her graduate from high school. And at high school, I just thought to myself, all right, now we're on to college, <laughs> on to college, on to the next milestone. So I do believe it's important to have goals. And I think sometimes those goals, when you're in the pers- personal circumstances I am, become very clear. So, you know, when you think about the environment that we're in right now with uh, COVID 19 and and the social issues that we're dealing with now. I feel like, you know, you become very clear about what you should be grateful for. There's clarity that comes with being in my situation about, you know, when people say things like, well, if you have your health, you have everything. I'm not sure people completely get that until you're in a circumstance like I am, and then you begin to really, really, truly be grateful for very basic things the health of your kids, the health of your family, people are safe, you can put dinner on your table. I mean, and you start thinking about those things and you start thinking to yourself that you are really grateful to still be here. And so I say to people all the time, I don't know what next year will bring. I used to think years out. I don't think years out anymore. Now I think, you know, what, what brings us joy now And what should I be grateful now? And so I think I use the mindset thing in a different way personally, which is how do I keep myself looking at my circumstances in the most positive way I can so that my physical will follow? But then I also look at it as, you know, I I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, I, I hate the expression, things happen for a reason, but I will tell you that it has brought a certain level of clarity to me about my life that says, these are the things that are important in my life. And these are the things that I'm going to focus on. And I think that's really what it's all about. Yes, that's, so that's so beautiful,
1: Judy. And I, and, um, and listening to you talk is so incredibly inspiring because, you know, the up spiral tells us that it's not our circumstances that create our reality. It's, yeah. it's the choices that we make and the choices that you have made have not only created a better reality and future for yourself, but for all of us, I can speak for myself and everybody here on this call that you've changed the world for us and for so many. So, and that's because you've made the choices that you've made and it's just absolutely amazing. So thank you for that.
2: And I I don't want it to seem like I don't have my days. I think your, your circumstances sometimes can take you to sort of deep, dark places. None of us want to be. But I will tell you that sort of my motto has, has always tried to be is I'll allow myself to go there when I get bad news on a test or a follow-up or something like that. Cause I have to. I allow myself to go there, but I don't allow I always tell people just don't allow yourself to stay there. Right. Because it becomes, you know, you sort of go down to a deep dark place and and I don't know how people get out of there if you sort of stay there for too long. So my sense is you need to allow yourself those times where, as you've taught me, you need to go below the line a little bit. But I just view it as a temporary dip. How's that?
1: (laughs) Well, because you don't want to put on rose colored glasses and ignore that this is hard. This is tough. Because that's actually part of the up spiral, really, because we need to face these challenges and these hard things head on. And that's exactly what you do. So I, I just think that's, incredibly amazing and we admire you so much for that
0: yeah and Judy I think what you are also helping me realize and I feel like we've been talking about the up spiral for so many years but you know just listening to your story right now and I know I know your story but then just listening to it right now made me think about how much courage it really requires us to make that choice it is we are all presented with that choice But whether you choose the up spiral or to stay in the down spiral or just dip in the down spiral, that choice, you know, it really requires a lot of intention to your point and courage to be like, you know what, I'm not going to stay in the down spiral. I'm going to go up that up spiral. And and create a better reality. And I think that that is an aha moment for me. I feel like I should know that. But I felt like your story just made me realize that so much, you know, it's just made it so clear for me. And I feel like you, you know, it's also very consistent with the story you just told us from your career standpoint, and from a personal standpoint, that I feel like you have so much courage. And I just really admire that.
2: Thank you. And you know, when I was working, I didn't I have to tell you, I, I look back now and I think, well, that was a conscious choice I made to go have that conversation with the executive, right? But, you know, when I was working, I didn't view it that way. I, I viewed it as sort of my responsibility of my role, that that was where the value of my role came from, which was sort of your your ability to influence people to go in the right direction in the toughest of circumstances right whether it be sort of you know the the politics of the organization or the emotion of reacting to a situation and those kinds of things and i was really really proud of that i mean i remember at one point our chro saying to me and i would and i would say that that sort of summed up i think how she felt about me was she once said to me i'm going to be traveling that day but I really need you go to, go to that meeting in my place because there needs to be an adult in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And, and she didn't mean it that way. She just meant sometimes the emotion was running so high in terms of the art, the various sides of a particular argument to go a particular direction that sometimes there just need to be somebody in the room who was going to say, all right. You know, here's the positives, here's the negatives, here's here's what we can expect, you know, here's what the impact's going to be. And then and then if you make a decision, right, you make a well-informed, educated decision. That's the way I look at it.
3: Yeah. And what's one of your gifts, Judy, is just being able to balance, like have a really balanced point of view. As someone who's worked with you for how many years has it been? 13 years, (laughs) 13 years, I think, as I started at Cheb in 2007. For our audience members, this is Rebecca. I've worked really closely with Judy for most of my career. And one of the things I've learned from her is just really having that balanced um, point of view where you could really balance the business needs with individuals' needs. One of the things I wanted to touch upon is, you know, you talked about facing some challenging circumstances that were really outside of your control and we've had so many conversations about you know what you feel like you've learned over your years about yourself and what's important and I think for our audience members who are facing different challenges and sometimes feel like they're, they they don't have choices and that they feel like they can't really change their circumstances and therefore they might feel somewhat hopeless to create change what have you learned about yourself over the years that has enabled you to have greater clarity about that opportunity to create your own reality?
2: That's a great question. I've learned a couple things. One is, I would tell you that earlier, early in my career, I made some incorrect assumptions about what was going to make me successful. I always felt like it was about, especially in the beginning, I would say my first six or seven years in the job, I thought it was all about showing everyone just how hard I could work. And when I watched um, some of my male peers uh, moving ahead faster than me in some instances, who I didn't think worked as hard as me, one of the things I had to learn about myself was that I needed to learn to communicate and establish relationships that demonstrated my value in a way that I was not doing up till then. But I, I also have sort of learned that I think you use the word courage. I, I didn't sort of necessarily use that, but I did. I think over the years I have decided that sort of risk are worth taking if it ends with the right result. I also think one of the things I've just learned, and I don't know if if I've always done this or it's just something I do over the course of the last 10 years or so, is I am very much a best case, worst case scenario thinker. It allows me to balance what's going on in my life in, in a very sort of methodical, thoughtful way, which is, all right, well, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? And, you know, and what's the best thing that could happen? And it does allow me to sort of keep my mindset in a relatively decent place. Because if I think that way, when I need to think that way, by the way, I don't do that with every situation, but sort of the bigger ones. I think what I've learned is that it makes me realize that no matter what it is, no matter how bad it might get, I can figure out how to deal with it. I can deal with it. Like, it's like, oh, okay, I can deal with it. And I've also learned, particularly as it relates to the spiral, and I've shared this with many of you over the years, is that I have learned that I cannot Respond emotionally when I am not in a good place. I will tell you I tell everyone That if you go go to sleep and you will wake up the next day and you will have the answer And you'll be able to respond in a in a much much more effective way than you would If you sort of give yourself the sort of time and space you need to make the conscious choice about here's how I'm going to communicate this. This is how it's going to play out. These are because I, when I'm tired, as an example, one of the things I've learned is when I'm really tired, I don't respond well, either like in my home life, I get a little snappy with the family and, and also just, I don't respond to, I think even a work situation as effectively as I can. So, you know, you need to take care of yourself is one of the things I've learned. And if you take care of yourself and you get your sleep and things like that, you know, you can respond more effectively and in a better way to everyone around you. And they're the things I've learned about myself.
3: That's awesome. That's such a good reminder about the power of the pause and how one of the first things we teach with the up spiral is to pause so that you really can become aware of what you're thinking about and then flip any limiting beliefs into something that's really more empowering and that's going to serve the greater good. So that's a great example and illustration of of the up spiral. Thank you.
2: Because I would just say to those who need advice or want advice that I think if you think about things in that manner, it doesn't matter how bad the situation is, there are things that you can control. And mm-hmm. it might not be a whole lot, but there are certainly things you can control. And if you can focus on those things, then I think at the end of the day, then you feel like you have some control over the outcome.
1: Absolutely. Judy, I know we're going to go into a lightning round right (laughs) here in a second. Um, But if you could answer one question before we go into the lightning round, And, and this is something that we're fascinated by, but I know there's, we know there's been times where you've been, had some difficult circumstances thrown your way and somehow (laughs) you rise, you rise in such an amazing way. What is it that you do? (laughs) Because I think there's, there's so many of us that, that struggle with that. And if you could even just give us a one or two things that help you kind of rise up and, and, and pull yourself out of, you talked about somehow we fall below the line and the down spiral and and you, I, you wa- I watch you do it. I actually physically, energetically feel you doing it, and I wonder in amazement and awe at what you're doing. So, what is what is it? If you could offer some of that insight to us, so
2: I'm not sure this would work for everyone, but I will tell you. Similar to what I just said before, is I find that those I find and look for those things that I feel like are within my ability to either sort of control or impact in some way. Mm -hmm. So for example, many who, who are in my circumstances spend a lot of time waiting for things. Doctors to get back to you, insurance to improve something, tests to come back or whatever. And I have found that I actively look for and find those things that I feel like I can influence to a better outcome, whether it be faster, or somebody who's going to get me other, op- get, getting to someone, another resource who's going to get me more options or getting to the right person who can sort of move something along or those, somebody who could give me advice or those kinds of things. And what I do is I personally find those things and then I go do them. That's one thing. And the other thing is too, is I'm just one of those people that I don't do well waiting. I'm good when I have a plan. <laughs> so what's, so what's the plan now I have to tell you a lot of people would be like oh that's an awful plan but for me it's it's a it's a way forward you could define in any way you want right it's sort of next steps or it's but for me it's a way forward so when I have my plan my way forward don't ask me how it happens but that's when the flip occurs for me yeah there's an automatic flip that occurs for me when I have the way forward and that's what I focus on. I'm not focusing on anything else. I'm focusing on the way forward. And if I can do that, I'm good. That's beautiful,
1: Judy. I actually just use you as an inspiration for my daughter because she's struggling right now. And I said, you know what? Let's just focus on the next thing. What is the next right thing we could do, the very next step? And it's actually helping her because sometimes it's just everything's just too overwhelming. So let's just focus on the next thing, the next right thing. Uh, so. So thank you I for think, that. It's beautiful. I
2: think people can do that all the time. I think people start, you know, when you think about where your mind starts going, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying my mind doesn't do that anywhere, but it's any as well. It's just that I think at the end of the day, we can overwhelm ourselves very quickly when in, in essence, it's sort of like, all right, let's just focus on the next steps. We'll deal with that. You know, next week or next month, or when we know the answer to that question, or when we have that information. Otherwise, it just becomes too overwhelming for all of us. Excellent.
3: Thank you so much, sweetie. So, are you ready for the lightning round? Sure. Okay, great. So, our first question is what leadership trait does the world need most?
2: Oh, I think empathy. I think right now, uh, based upon sort of what's going on in the world,
0: I think empathy. And who do you know that best models this trait, and why? Ooh, wow! That's a great question.
2: Uh, are you all in competition for the winner of this? Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be a difficult choice. I, I listen. I think my I think all of my colleagues demonstrate empathy in a way. I have actually learned, I feel like I've increased my empathy because I've learned it from watching all of you live it. I think all of you have a tremendous amount of empathy, which makes it such a joy to work with all of you because I feel like traditionally in sort of some of the larger organizations I've worked, it's, it's been a little lacking. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little bit of an understatement, but I think all of you have a tremendous amount of empathy and I love that about you
1: Well, thank you so much Judy. We feel the same about you So next lightning round question is what do you believe that almost no one else believes?
2: Um, This is probably really more of a result of my personal circumstances And I don't, I'm not saying this to make any of you upset, but I'm going to tell you that I believe because I I want to believe that if I believe enough that I can maybe not beat my disease, because that doesn't seem to be the way these play out, but that if I do all the right things, I will stay here for a much longer period of time than if I don't believe those things. So I believe I'm going to be around longer than they expect me to be around. That's what Mm. I think. And I'm the only one who believes that. And by the way, I have to believe that. So because there's not really a cure for my disease. But you know what? I'm like, well, if I do well enough until the next newest and greatest drug comes out, that's all I have to do. So I believe that. And by hey, Judy, the
3: statistics, you're already proving it. You're already yeah, yeah. proving that that power of that belief is working,
1: which is mm-hmm. so amazing. Yeah. And and Judy, we just learned, um, we're just learning this week that uh, the power of belief is so strong that we not only create our own reality, but when we believe together, we get to co-create <laughs> our own reality. So we, we're believing with you and, and that that's just going to multiply that effect. Mm-hmm. So.
2: And you and got, I have to got. tell you what I love about that belief is that I have a support system around me. You know how people people talk about bubbles now? Your bubble. Yeah. I love that phrase, your bubble. I have this fabulous bubble <laughs> of family and friends that I wouldn't give up for anything. And I feel like not only do because I believe because they know I believe the way I do that I feel like they believe I can do it now, too, because I believe the way I do. So my, wow. my bubble believes.
1: Amazing. So what's so the wildest idea you've ever shared with others?
2: Wildest idea I've ever shared with others. Oh, gosh, that's a really interesting one. I don't know if I have shared really wild ideas with others. I mean, I will tell you that over the course of my life, I have sort of maybe not so much since having children. But even, even now I do that where I'll be like, we should, you know, it's usually about going someplace, right? <laughs> when I was a kid, which really wasn't, in, I wasn't a kid. I was in my 20s. I literally used to be the person that would basically say to people, all right, everybody, we're going to Boston this weekend. So pack your bag, get in. You got two hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they literally pile into my Volkswagen Jetta like a clown car. <laughs> and I would do that to all like major cities everywhere. I would just drive wherever. I think that I don't know if it's a specific, but I still do that. Like I'll still be like, we should, we should get an RV and go across country, you know, or we should. And everybody just looks at me like I'm nuts, but I'm actually being serious or, you know, I'd like to do the 12 day national park tour. And there's lots of places I want to go to, That I'm hoping that I'm going to go to and hopefully people will just come along with me I feel like i'm one of those people that would just go whereas A number of people in my bubble need some more time to wrap their head around those ideas I love it. I love those things. I I'd love just doing things like that at the spur of the moment
3: That's awesome So judy we'd like to move into the final segment of our podcast, which we call the flip at the core of our business is what we call the up-spiral leader mindset. That's where we teach leaders to think bigger by flipping limiting beliefs into possibilities for more collective success. So we want to share with you one limiting belief and ask you to replace it with a more empowering belief that could produce better results. So here it is. Our circumstances define us. How might you reframe that?
2: I would say that our circumstances don't define us. I think that there are things that perhaps are are, that we do not have control over. There are some decisions that get made that impact us that we don't have any control over. But I don't believe that, that those circumstances completely define how you respond or what you can do. I think there are always things you can't control. I think all of us experience them all the time, both personally and professionally. But I think it's most critical to look at that situation and as I've said before, and figure out the things that are within your control. Like what's within your control. And most of the time, it's, it's how you respond to some of those things.
3: Excellent. Well, Judy, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And thank you You're for welcome. always being a continuous source of inspiration to us. We believe in you. We, we are believers with you and we will continue to be believers with you. And we're just so grateful that you are in our lives. Thank you. And I am as
2: grateful for having all of you in my life as you are for me. Thank you so much for bringing so much joy to me over the last 10 years. It's been fantastic. It's been great. So thank you. Thanks for spending time with me. Thank you. Judy.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Up Spiral Leadership. If you enjoyed this show and want to join us in co-creating change, please email us at upsparalleadership at gmail.com. You can also support the show by leaving us a like and review on Apple Podcasts or by sharing this episode with your friends and colleagues. Thanks again and stay inspired.